What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. into another episode of the TFA Dino Show. It's episode nine. And Tom, it is Joe Mixon time, baby. Joe Mixon has come through. Man, I'm pumped up about that. At NFL Robbie. Robbie Jeffries here with at Dynasty Infidel Tom Corson. But we are also joined the first time ever, first time guest on this TFA Dino Show, Chris Lang, Chris, what's cracking, man? Oh, not much. Thanks for having me. Finally, Jesus. Yeah, it only took us uh, nine episodes. Is that uh, correct, Tom? Is my math uh, correct there? That sounds about right. But you know what? You're here, and that's what matters. Does that yeah. include the the tenth episode where you forgot to turn the volume on? Oh yeah, that episode. Um, this is this is why you can't come. This yeah. is why you're not invited. You bring um, up horrible your- things. <laughs> Guys, I had a beautiful solo pod. Tom was sick. I think he bailed on me because his Eagles lost again. Well, I think they tied maybe. They, they basically lost to a rookie. You mean my first place Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, get out of here. And and I tried to go solo, guys. So we, were, we had a one-week hiatus, but we're back. We're better than ever. We're pumped up because we got CJ on. I need him to dive into his stuff real quick because I know, CJ, you're basically pumping out so much content. I, I basically put you toe to toe with anybody else out there in the uh, fantasy industry with just quality content. Just tell uh, listeners like kind of what you're working on, like on a weekly basis. Yeah, no problem. So weekly uh, for the fantasyauthority.com, I have article and videos. Uh, usually I do a dynasty buy and sell early in the week. And then uh, something new that we came up with uh, a weekly flex option article and video. So I am a huge tinker on all my lineups. I just can't, first of all, I don't have any lineups where it's just all studs. So I need that flex guy to plug in and I'm always like 
two to three guys down. So uh, we have a flex options article and video that we put out. And then uh, I'm usually the guy, whenever there's an injury or something like that going down, uh, the impact for that, going through the depth charts uh, of those affected teams. And obviously anything else that comes up for the, the fantasy authority, uh, we always hop in staff articles, all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, so so CJ is obviously crushing a lot of our video content, which is great because it's kind of quick hitters. What you guys need to know, streaming wise, um, for both your fantasy and your dynasty assets. And then Tom on the other side, you're kind of hitting some, uh, you know, weekly uh, prop betting. I don't know if you want to dive into your success there really quickly. Sure, I just gotta you know get all this money out of my mouth because I blow my nose with it now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Eleven for fourteen on stuff I put out for the year, so that's a seventy seventy percent, almost seventy one percent winning percentage. That's hashtag good, I suppose. Um, I've either gone four. I've only lost one every week that I've done, so I'm doing pretty good with it. People seem to like it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Cody and I do a podcast. We put out on late Saturday or Sunday because we have to put it out as late as possible because all the lines move. Um, I'll also throw that stuff up there on Twitter. I'm not going to put it all out there because I want want you guys to listen to it. I did not put my Kenny Galladay over fantasy points um, out there, but it was on the actual broadcast. Also gave CJ a shout out on there. His bet would have won as well. So hop on there, see what we can do and let's win some money. Yeah, you guys, that's uh, the Fantasy Authority on YouTube. We're FF underscore authority on Twitter. So check out all their great stuff. But, guys, let's get into week four. There was a ton of great stuff that happened for my fantasy teams. I've been waiting for Amari Cooper breakout game, Joe Mixon breakout game. That's all been happening. But, Tom, I'll start with you. What was your week four quick takeaway? So is Alvin Kamara actually the RB1, even if CMC comes back? Because – we all remember CMC's ridiculous year last year. Alvin Kamara is actually averaging 31.9. CMC averaged 29.5. I know it's not over a whole season yet. However, everybody was saying it's only CMC. Is it only CMC? Or do we have Alvin Kamara yet ranked up there? What do we think, Robbie? Yeah, man. So I think uh, it's interesting because we have Michael Thomas, who is a huge piece of this offense that's missing. So does that affect Alvin Kamara once Michael Thomas is back in this equation? I think it probably does a little bit. Right now he is just eating up so much target volume uh, that we know will go partially back to Michael Thomas. So I think that will change a little bit. But, man, there's no better person to find, I should say, than, than Alvin Kamara right now. Yeah, I think also, you know, CMC had such a huge workload last year, and he doesn't have really the frame. And I know I'm watching all of Kamara's workout videos, and every time I see when I go out and I start rigging up some weights into my garage and start lifting, you know, random heavy objects. But, you know, I think another thing with Kamara that I'm kind of concerned about is what's going to happen to him after Drew Brees retires. I know Winston is there, but, you know, Winston's never really – helped a running back as much as he did when he was in in Tampa Bay. Um, So I think that really is a concern for me. But right now, like Robbie said, you know, I'm definitely moving him up. Yeah, so it's it's funny because we talk about the quarterback. Jameis is on a one-year deal. Uh, We have Teddy Bridgewater out there in Carolina. You know what I mean? We have no idea what's going to go on with the quarterback position there. So then you have to look at coaching. Matt Rule, all right. Uh, Yep, we like that, but we don't have a huge track record on him yet. CMC was doing good. Kamara, we know he's going to eat. I'm not sure. I still have CMC up there, but I'll tell you what. He was probably – I think he was RB4 or RB5 before the season. He's RB2, and that is a tier of its own right now between CMC and Kamara. If you take Kamara at 101, 
I'm not upset about it. Yeah, CJ, we got to shoot over to your quick takeaway. I feel like I'm going to be a little bit sad listening to you rain some praise on this guy as he torched the Cowboys. But uh, tell me a little bit about your quick takeaway. Yeah, OBJ lives. Um, so, so far this year, uh, he's got seven targets per game. He's got a 75% snap share. He's got at least four receptions and 59 yards in every game but one with four total touchdowns. He's got 15 yards per catch right now. Plus, he's got two rushes for 73 yards. I mean, uh, in startups this year, he was going as a wide receiver two around wide receiver 13. And right now, he's still wide receiver 18, uh, which just seems baffling compared to how he's played this year so far. And I think it's just because we propped him up on this freaking pedestal for so long, you know, since that famous catch in Dallas, uh, that he's finally starting to deliver for fantasy owners. So. Uh, I think Odell with the first four weeks, first month of the season is a, is a big take for a lot of people. So I think that OBJ, you had that everybody loved the Browns last year. So everybody bounced way up as soon as they trade for OBJ and his stock went up and now it crashed and it kind of like hit the bottom. And we just don't know. You know what I mean? When you have Baker running over to Jarvis Landry and OBJ apologizing and saying right. that he loves him because he throws to a, a tight end who's a rookie, you're just like, oh, geez, there's something going on there. But you know what? The next game they came out and they fed him. Uh, I think OBJ was basically wide receiver two through the first three weeks. And then this past week, he actually he just blew up. You know what I mean? So – that's what you can get with OBJ. If the floor is a wide receiver two and the upside is a wide receiver one in a week, I'm sorry, the wide receiver one, like the top wide receiver one, then yeah, I'm buying, but I'm still not going to wind up buying. I don't think I'm buying in the first two rounds ever. No, I got Dude. one share of him, I think, across my 13 teams, but I have zero. Do I have to be the one to self-disparage my Cowboy defense? Because you guys didn't seem to take into account that he did this against – quite possibly the worst secondary outside of the Falcons, maybe uh, in the NFL. I mean, they saw, you guys saw what Tyler Lockett did to him in week three. Now OBJ does this in week four. I'm curious how, how they continue to move forward. Obviously Nick Chubb now out for maybe six weeks. We'll dive into that a little bit further, but OBJ is obviously a big part of this offense, but does he quite get that, that ceiling that he had against just an atrocious secondary? You know, their running defense is pretty horrible too as evidenced by, you know, OBJ scoring the seven yard, some uh, rushing touchdown, but so I, close Alden Smith, so close to like a 12 yard loss. Ugh. So like legitimately you have a couple teams every single year where it's like, just start people against X team and the Cowboys right now are that team. Atlanta is that team, but the Cowboys right now, Holy hell start everybody. No, that's absolutely true. Uh, as sad as it is for me to admit uh, I got to talk about my quick takeaway because I think that this guy was really overlooked in rookie drafts and that's Justin Herbert. Uh, we've now seen him throw for almost 300 yards in three straight uh, games. He's averaging 310. I think he was just under 300 yards against a, a, a decent Bucks defense. I mean, if we're talking about some people who are worried about, you know, Keenan Allen coming into the year, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry, you know, how are these guys going to shape up with Tyrod? And then if Tyrod gets benched, a rookie and Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen is, is second in targets with 49. You know, he's absolutely balling out. You know, Hunter Henry had three, you know, pretty good games, fell off a little bit uh, this last week and he just hasn't found the end zone, but he's still a, a top 10 tight end. And then Austin Eckler was balling obviously until his injury. So 
I, I think it, it's interesting to look at what Justin Herbert has done. I know Anthony Lynn hasn't quite committed to him for the rest of the season. I think he will. It's, you cannot go back to Tyrod, no matter the weird circumstances there. But I'm um, just curious on your guys' thoughts with uh, Justin Herbert there. So Robbie has literally said more nice things than Anthony Lynn ever has about his quarterback, which is absolute insanity. CJ, yes. I'm just going to shoot it over to you because I don't – it's bonkers. I agree completely, Robbie. Go ahead, CJ. Yeah, you know, I, I watch a ton of college football, and I didn't really see anything when he was at Oregon that made me want to go and throw my first-round pick at him in fantasy, in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, seems like maybe I was wrong, uh, a little bit at least, to start. Uh, first of all, poor Tyrod. You know, T-Mobile, he did the exact same thing at Cleveland, you know, with Baker sitting on the bench, and, you know, the fan base just couldn't wait for him to get hurt or suck, and and now it seems like the Chargers are – or kind of the same way. Um, Tyrod's still a decent quarterback, and and I think Anthony Lynn's probably just saying that for Tyrod's benefit, but you've got to go Herbert the rest of the year. Uh, he just adds another element to that team. Uh, plus, you know, every time you put youth on a team like that, it, it really helps. Plus, it's, it, when you can develop a quarterback like that, that's what exactly what you want to do because everyone is performing around him. There's not a negative environment right now. Yeah, so guys, his – September ADP was quarterback 26. Obviously, he's going to move up. You know, he has the starting job. Um, he's been playing, I think, extremely well, at least for fantasy purposes, and, and has shown a lot of good things, I think, in terms of real football. So I just have a couple of, of a dynasty other quarterbacks to compare him to, and curious who you guys would take here. I'll go with CJ first and then to Tom. But Herbert or Ryan Tannehill, who would you take right now in dynasty? Oh, Tannehill, 100%. Okay. Tom? Mm, you know, I'll take Herbert because I like the youth, especially if I if I already have. So if I have Tannehill, especially in Superflex, he's not going to be my QB1. He's going to be my QB2 or my QB3. So I'll take the youth uh, and the upside. Okay. Herbert or Sam Darnold? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Herbert. Yeah, I'll take Herbert. And, and unless Gase gets fired tomorrow, then I'll take Darnold. Which we're going to assume, right, that, that Gase is probably going to get fired here in the next couple of weeks. Wouldn't, is that safe to assume? Yeah. We, did as, we assumed it in the offseason. Right. And then we assumed that no one would hire him after Miami. So <laughs> I don't know. All right, I got a third one for you guys. Herbert or Gardner Minshew? Herbert. Ooh, you know, I'm going to take the stash on that one. I like okay. I like the weapons that they got in Jacksonville. Um, not saying that Herbert doesn't have any, but uh, Jacksonville's got a lot more. Okay, so CJ, CJ, it sounds like maybe you're a little bit lower um, on on where Herbert is. Um, You might have him, what do you think, maybe within your top 20, but probably probably not up to where we have some of these other guys, it sounds like. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he just hasn't established himself all that much. I mean, we we don't have a lot to go off of right now. You know, like I said, I wasn't too impressed with his college resume. Uh, And then he he comes, you know, of course, he finishes as the Rose Bowl MVP, so so much I know, but – um, you know, even just these these past few games, I mean, yeah, he showed some flashes, but is he going to be able to do that consistently? We just don't know, especially with Eckler, you know, hurt. And, you know, um, Keenan's fragile. Mike Williams just takes hits so bad every week. You just, you just don't know. Hunter Henry, um, we'll, we'll see. I, I just – he hasn't done enough yet. You cannot call – Keenan Allen fragile on this podcast, sir. How dare you, you sir? not just come on here and call Keenan Allen fragile. I was waiting for it. Listen, what do you want me to say? He can't. He he's like uh, uh go ahead. I don't I don't have an hour to spend on this, so we're moving on. He's not fragile. 
based him on and, his, him, his track him and Brita probably have the same scarecrow trainer. Now you're comparing him to Brita. All right, we have Robbie. Go, uh, go. Uh, Before never, the- never oh. being invited back, CJ. That is slanderous. <laughs> A gust of wind will put him on the IR. <laughs> so speaking of some injuries, uh, we had two, I think, kind of semi-major ones happen for our, our running backs that are dropping like flies. It seems like every week, Austin Eckler, you know, has this major, uh, quote-unquote, major hamstring injury. You know, looking at looking like he'll be out for six weeks. Nick Chubb with the MCL injury, and this is going to be a pretty probably a grade one MCL if he's out six weeks that they're reporting. So that kind of brings up some guys, Joshua Kelly, Justin Jackson for the Chargers, and then Ernest Johnson jumping in there, kind of spelling Kareem Hunt. Um, just just going to, to Tom first on these guys. What, what of these guys are you kind of interested in from maybe a season-long perspective? Obviously, both these guys, the starters are coming back this season most likely. Are you interested in any of these guys for like the, the next six weeks or so? So – I will probably go Joshua Kelly in Dynasty just because he's got the biggest upside. We had some buzz in training camp. Justin Jackson, you know, we kind of know what he is. He's going to get the opportunity. He'll do okay. He's not going to light it up. Dearness Johnson, there's still a pretty good running back out there named Kareem Hunt. Um, So he's got some stuff in front of him. That that running back situation is not clearing up at all for Dearness Johnson unless there's injuries over the next – three years. So that's why I'm staying away from him. But Joshua Kelly, I think is a nice dynasty, you know, if you can pick him up, but season long, still probably Joshua Kelly. CJ, how about you? Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm going to go with Justin Jackson and I'm going to talk about him in a few minutes here with my dynasty buy. but Joshua Kelly to me just seems kind of just like a North South type running back. Um, and Jernis Johnson, you know, depth chart issues is, is his problem. You know, I'm glad that he'll get a chance to, to prove himself now. But uh, once uh, Chubb is back, he's going to be a practice squad guy. Yeah, I, it sounds like you're going to get into Justin Jackson here in a bit. But I, I agree with you. I think when I watched Josh, Joshua Kelly's tape out of UCLA, you know, I didn't see anything that, that showed me anything other than just a one cut kind of guy. He's just going to kind of take what's there. And, and it didn't seem like there was anything flashy about it. Now we get to the NFL. I'm kind of seeing the same things. He obviously got a huge workload in week two, if I remember correctly. He had like 23 carries or something like that. So I was ex- excited to start him in what I thought was going to be a good matchup um, the following week. You know, he kind of fell through. So if I'm picking out of those two for just these six weeks, I, I, we've seen Justin Jackson like in very limited work have some success. Uh, so I, I think I might lean Justin Jackson there, but we'll let you touch on him uh, when we get to that a little bit later. OJ Howard out for the year with an Achilles. Uh, Tom, I know that you and I have Rob Gronkowski in our Scott Fishbowl League, so maybe he gets uh, a little bit of bump there. But, you guys, this is a guy that just had, you know, a lot of potential coming out of Alabama in 2017. He was a first-round pick. But since Arians, Bruce Arians has got to town, it's kind of pedestrian numbers. He's on the last year of his rookie deal here coming up in 2021. They, they did a one-year – or the, the extension with him, the fifth-year extension. Just – Give me your thoughts on O.J. Howard here because he just had so much potential and now it just kind of seems like it, it's a what-could-have-been kind of situation. Tom, what do you got? So he had injury issues his first two seasons, and then the next two seasons were spent under you know an, an offense that doesn't throw to the tight end, really. And now we have another Achilles injury after he finally started looking good. So I got rid of all my shares after – within like the first four weeks of the first year. So congratulations to me. I'm smart. Um, 
but I, I, you can't buy him. You have no idea where he's going to play, and you have no idea what his health's going to be. And what is anybody going to even sell him for? Are, are you buying OJ Howard for a third or a second? Because I'm Absolutely not buying not. him for a second, but I'll sell him for a second, but you're not going to get a second from no, him. No, no. I mean, I think we're talking – since he's also out for the year, I, I think maybe we're talking late third, early fourth. I don't know, CJ. What would you uh, would you try and acquire him, or are you just kind of off on the OJ Howard train? Yeah, you know what? I am completely off. And really, what I'm looking at is injury history. And if you look at the history of NFL players who have Achilles, uh, I think there's only been one who's come back who who's been a decent fantasy player, and that's Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so that sort of injury, especially for uh, a, a receiver who has to cut like that. I mean, that's just nobody, nobody has been able to come back from it. So from a history perspective, I'm not buying them. I mean, if somebody wants to give them to me for free for a deep stash on one of my dynasty teams, then I'll probably do it and just kind of hope. But, you know, he wasn't really being utilized all that much regardless. Uh, Gronk, I don't believe in him at all uh, other than just being somebody that defense is scheme for. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a bad thing. And, you know, he came out as a junior, I believe too, out of Alabama. So, you know, he still had that extra year to, to acquaint himself with the NFL, but sorry. Yeah. Deuces. Yeah. He's only 26. And I think that's, that's something that's still take into account. Like tight ends we've seen where they take a while uh, to develop. I mean, you know, John who's now in his, his fourth season, right? Um, you know, it, it seems to take a little bit longer. So I'm not completely out on him. Like if I am in a complete rebuild and I can just throw him on my IR spot for a fourth or something like that, I think that's something I'm still kind of interested in. I just think there was a lot of uh, athleticism there. Now, CJ, you, I think you make a really good point where what does that Achilles injury do to that athleticism? So that's something to bear in mind. But Let's move into buy or sell. I think we have a lot of moving parts, and we've seen four weeks of football now, so we can kind of maybe start to gauge where some of these players are moving and get ahead of the curve um, so we can gain some value in our dynasty league. So, CJ, let's start with you on who your buy is. Yeah, my biggest buy is Justin Jackson, uh, running back out of Northwestern, playing for the Chargers. So think about him. He was top three in Big Ten history in basically all running back categories except touchdowns he has the 11th most rushing yards uh i'm sorry most total yards from scrimmage in ncaa history ncaa history he's 11th most um you know he had to sit behind melvin gordon uh, then he had to sit behind eckler he's been knocked up a bit uh but this is his chance to shine uh, everyone is going for josh kelly i know i see it on my group me's i see it in on twitter uh but i'm going after jackson he can catch he's shifty he's got good moves inside the 20s he'll be an absolute force uh, you know prior to this season though he's only played 20 games and he has less than 90 carries and he has less than 35 targets and he hasn't even broken in yet you know so uh he's dynamic and i think he'll definitely show it so i'm buying justin jackson this week tom what do you got for a buy so I'm going to buy Devin Singletary, and here's the big thing. I, I think we all knew that he was going to be good in the run game. He's getting over five targets a game, a little bit over five targets. It's, he has 21 targets on the season. Zach Moss, he had an injury, and then last week it looked like he was going to play, and it was almost like he was a, a healthy scratch. They're giving him the ball. He's getting targets. Josh Allen looks fantastic. Buffalo's getting leads, and he's getting a ton of carries, and he's producing. I love Devin Singletary. Um, I'm not sure what he, exactly he's going to cost and what the owners are going to want for him, but I'm still going to try and go buy him. I have him a lot of places too, so that that's very helpful. But I like Devin Singletary a lot. 
If I said a late first is what it costs to get <clears throat> Devin Singletary, are you doing that? Yep. Okay. Let's flip to your guys' sells. You guys both have tight ends. CJ, let's start with you. Yeah, I'm selling Tyler Higby. Uh, you know, week two against the first place Philadelphia Eagles, he had a monster game. Five catches, 54 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, but after that game, this is his stats. He's got an average of two and a half catches a game, 33 yards a game, and zero touchdowns. Now that freaking blows. Uh, you know, he's not being used like he was to end the year last season. Uh, the targets just are not there. Uh, he still has a lot of name recognition. Uh, and you know what? Gerald Everett is not doing anything to supplant him from that tight end one on that team. Um, so it's time to get rid of him before this negative trend of him not doing anything continues. Uh, and you can get some value for him now. Yeah, Jared Everett is actually doing more uh, goal line stealing away from the running backs there, getting the rushing touchdown uh, yeah. this past week. But, uh, Tom, who do you have for a sell? So it pains me, but it's going to be Zach Ertz. Um, by the way, CJ, I'm pretty sure you could go out and get two touchdowns or 100 yards against the Eagles' defense as a tight end because we saw what Kittle just did. Higby, there's certain matchups throughout the season. You see Eagles against the tight end. They have no linebackers. Just, just start them. But Zach Ertz, so uh, I'm crying a little bit. We saw the contract dispute this offseason with you know Zach Ertz and Howie Roseman. They actually got into an argument on the field. It kind of blew up a little bit. Guess what? I, I hate to say it because Howie never seems to be right, but I think Howie was right. Zach Ertz looks like a decent to good tight end right now. I, I, how he doesn't have 60 yards when they have no wide receivers is mind-boggling. He should have 11 for like 110. It doesn't matter what they're doing. And they couldn't get the ball to him. He couldn't get open. And then when you look at the difference when Zach Ertz gets the ball in his hands and he goes to turn and run versus George Kittle, it is such a shocking difference that I, I can't even take it seriously. And right now, we're going to talk about tight ends a little bit later. You know, Zach Ertz is still looked upon as a top five tight end and top five tight ends in tight end premium leagues, which most of us play in now, um, you know, they're tough to come by. You need to sell Zach Ertz right now for what you can get. He hasn't quite gone over the edge where everybody knows he, he's he's done, but he looks like he's done, man. Yeah, Tom, quick question on that, because I know <clears throat> that there are a lot of teams in, especially in the NFC East where it's tight end friendly to play against them. So is it almost a wait until he blows up against the Washington football team? Um, they have the Cowboys uh, this week, or I guess they know the giants of the Cowboys this week, but they have the Cowboys coming up. You know, is it wait until he goes off against one of these teams that's weak against tight end and, and then try and move him or do, this is dynasty. People know the earth's name. You can still move him whenever. So I think it's the name, but um, you're also you have two matchups coming up, and their next two are Pittsburgh and Baltimore. So it might only get worse. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't have a lot of health coming back to them. Uh, I don't know if Deshaun's going to be ready. I don't. Alshon's not going to play. In which case, I'll have I'll owe you a fourth round pick, by the way, in in uh, our staff league. Congratulations on the fourth round pick. I should have done all the picks. Sean was going to bet me. All of his 2021 rookie picks, if Alshon didn't play a single snap, I should have taken it. He's a damn snitch, and he shouldn't be around anybody, all right? But I guess he doesn't have anybody to talk to because, you know, there's no fans and, and media, basically, in the stadium. But he might have a cell phone. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, we are we going to move in to the quarterbacks because I think this is an area, especially if we're talking about, you know, after these first seven guys, uh, you know, Josh Allen is kind of, for me at least, has, has risen into maybe these top seven, eight guys. But then if you wait on quarterback for these startups or you're somebody who maybe, you know, goes after running back and wide receiver early, you probably ended up with some of these guys, either Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, or Carson Wentz, kind of that next tier uh, I would say of, of guys that are kind of shuffled around in dynasty, some differing ages in there. But I, I was just curious. I want to go to CJ first on maybe, can you pull a guy out? Who's your favorite guy out of that bunch? And maybe a guy that can maybe reestablish himself closer to that top tier. And then on the flip side, give me a guy that you, you just want out of this tier. You want nothing to do with. Yeah. I'm going to go straight Homer pick here uh, with the 2020 comeback player of the year, Cam Newton. Um, you know, coming off the injury with the shoulder, the list Frank injury, uh, you weren't sure exactly what he's going to do. Man, those first few games, he looked like Cam Newton of old. Um, you know, it looks like Josh McDaniels is able to utilize him uh, in this offense because, you know, the Patriots have never really had a quarterback that can scramble and do anything like that. And, uh, you know, since we uh, seem to garner all of the white slot receivers in the league who are under, you know, five foot ten. Uh, you know, it's an opportunity for them to get open. Uh, you know, I played a uh, free safety in high school and there's nothing worse than covering a speedy small guy across the middle of the field for, you know, 15, 20 seconds. So uh, I, I'm going Cam Newton there uh, for guys that I don't like all that much out of that bunch. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but Carson Wentz, uh, he's just not, first of all, I feel bad for him because he doesn't have weapons. You know, of course they drafted a bunch of them and now they're hurt. Uh, and man, Wentz, he never gets, he never catches any of the breaks. And, you know, some games he will look like he is an NFL MVP and one-on-one and then other games would be like, dude, have you ever played football before? Um, so I think that's uh that's where I'm going to go on, the, on that stack. Yeah, Tom, I will let you defend uh, Carson Wentz. If you so choose, who's a guy that, that you like out of this, this group of five and then someone else that you're just want nothing to do with. So we'll talk Carson first. Yeah, it's the weapons, but if you watch that San Fran game, to say that he gutted it out is an understatement. Um, he he has been having some just really odd throws with his accuracy has just been off. I think that's I'm blaming Press Taylor, who is the I'm actually blaming Doug Peterson for not hiring a real offensive coordinator, and then putting Press Taylor in, who's like Carson's boy, and it's just a mess back there. And he's got eight different people trying to tell him what to do, and he doesn't have anybody to stabilize him, so to speak. So if you watch him, his mechanics are off, but he's still got everything. You see all the flashes, the absolute dime he dropped to Travis Folcom <laughs> was insanity. And then he's actually saying, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'm going to do it myself because no one is open and he's getting some rushing numbers. So Carson's not my guy that, that I hate there. I don't hate anybody in this group, but oddly enough, we're hating each other's quarterbacks. I'm still going to uh, – I, I don't really like Cam going forward as far as the next couple of years because I don't know what it's going to entail. That's the biggest reason. The other guys are, are locked up a little bit more. My favorite QB out of the bunch is Ryan. Uh, you said there's nothing worse than covering you know, a speedy little slot receiver. It, there is. It's covering Calvin Ridley and, and Julio Jones together. That's that's a lot worse than the, the tiny little white guy who's annoying across the front. Um Ryan, hey, watch what weapons. you say about Gunnar Oshetsky, okay? And that's fine. <laughs> but 
So Matt Ryan, also, the defense is bad. The game script is always going to be playing to him throwing the ball a lot, which we see. So they're a fantasy offense. Um, they were my fantasy offense, you know, or my fantasy team when we did that episode to watch. And that was a big reason why we didn't think their defense is going to be good. So the game script is really good for him. Yeah, Tom, I think it's really interesting because we, we talk about uh, Carson Wentz and not having any weapons. There's another guy that's just doing crazy things right now with absolutely no weapons, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And he's the guy I'm just going to. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Highlight out of this group because he's playing like 2011 MVP Aaron Rodgers right now. He's completing 70% of his passes. He's a 9.4 touchdown rate. His, his career average is already 6.1, which is extremely high, well above average. He's 10.6 yards per completion, which is his highest ever, higher than the MVP season. In that 2011 season, he was the QB1. He threw for 45 touchdowns, six interceptions, 4,643 yards, and that was only in 15 starts. I'm assuming he was benched. You know, they probably had a 14-2 and record. He was benched in week uh, 17. So, you know, that's a guy I think that we, we were down on Rodgers because his, his touchdown rate had dropped these past two years. Two years ago, it was because he was hurt and, you know, didn't have a lot of things uh, going for him. And then last year, he just wasn't throwing touchdowns. He had 26 touchdowns, I think. And now he is just absolutely rocking. No interceptions. He's got the rushes uh, to go along with it. So he's a guy that's definitely standing out for me. Yeah, and after week two or week three, I I said he was a sell, especially in super flex leagues. He has looked awesome. Sometimes you get early on in the season, you look at it and you're like, okay, is that a flash? Like Carson being bad the first two games. Okay, was that a flash? The next two games indicated that maybe it's not. Rodgers being awesome for the first two weeks was like, okay, maybe, you know, it's defenses they're playing, scheme, it's a quarterback. You know, he's a really good veteran quarterback. The offseason was weird. He has looked amazing. So, yeah, whoops. With Wentz being the only one under 30, he's only 27 right now. The rest of these guys are over 30. Cam, the next youngest at 31. Where do you guys have Wentz with the rest of these quarterbacks? CJ, I'll I'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean, obviously in Dynasty Leagues, you'd like to think that eventually uh, Wentz will get some healthy weapons around him. So 
um, you know, of that group, I've got him definitely ahead of uh, Ryan and Stafford. So you, so you have him above uh, Ryan and Stafford, but you have him below Rogers and Newton. Is that correct? For this year. Yep. Okay. But dynasty is when still above all these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tom. Same. I in dynasty, I'd rank these Carson, Matt, Ryan, Cam. No, I'm sorry. Carson, Ryan, Rogers, Cam Stafford. Gotcha. Got to move on to some other quarterback talk because this is a guy I think that we saw so much potential just because of the sheer numbers he was throwing. I mean, he was a turnover machine last year, and this is Daniel Jones. But he was throwing so much, 40 times a game in 2019. Now, 2020, he's still throwing quite a bit, but just the efficiency is not there, and he's still continuing these turnovers. Daniel Jones has five interceptions this season, two lost fumbles. He hasn't thrown a TD since week one. He's had under 200 yards passing the past two weeks. He has a deep percentage pass of 5.4%. That's down there with Drew Brees, with C.J. Beathard. That's below Carr and Haskins. What are you guys making of Daniel Jones? Because I think this is can go one of two ways, right? We can see him pull out of this, and now he starts to you know show strides like a Josh Allen uh, that we're seeing Josh Allen do this year. Or does he kind of fall off the map, and now we're looking at you know, him, him as a potential backup two years from now with maybe Mitch Trubisky kind of style. Uh, CJ, what do you think about Daniel Jones? Everybody needs to relax on Danny Dimes. He will be just fine. Let me tell you some stats here because I am a fact-based opinion guy. At this point in his career, up to this week, he has more completions, more yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions, more rushing yards, and more rushing touchdowns than Phil Simms and Peyton Manning at that point in this career. He will be just fine. He's been rattled with some injuries. You know, last year, the only guy he had to throw to was Darius Slayton, uh, who, you know, he propped up pretty well. Um, you know, this year, once again, you know, Saquon going down with an injury. Uh, you're right, he hasn't been as efficient, but also their Giants team isn't really good. Uh, so he's being forced into a lot of positions uh, where he, he's not making the plays. So uh, I'm, I'm holding – uh, definitely on Danny Dimes. Tom, you, you agreeing with him there? Absolutely not. <laughs> so um, I like stats too. And here's two stats that pretty much sum up Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones may well be a very good quarterback, but you know what? He doesn't have a good offensive line. They're 30th in the league in, in, in pass blocking. And you know what? His routes run from all of his receivers. He's 31st in the league. So he doesn't have good routes, and he has no time to throw the ball. I have no idea how they're going to fix it because they have Dave Gettleman, who hasn't done anything right ever in his life, except maybe draft like running backs that are good for fantasy. But that- And he wore a mask during the draft in his own office alone. Yes. and I mean, great job. He, uh, I can't. <laughs> but I. that's the big reason. I don't mind Daniel Jones as a talent, but – he doesn't have weapons, and he's going to get himself killed behind that offensive line. Moving over to running backs, uh, this is the guy that I brought up when we were talking about these these top dynasty assets, and maybe he's not quite up there, but we are continually just telling the world that Aaron Jones is a sell high. You know, Aaron Jones is doing great, but he, he, regression's coming, regression's coming. And damn it, he is still the running back two here in 2020. He was the running back two in 2019. You know, he still has the contract year. We're still trying to figure out what that looks like. Uh, for the long term, and that's probably suppressing his value a little bit. But, you know, he's just continuing to to churn out fantasy points, and I think that's all that matters. So, 
you know, CJ, where do you have him in your dynasty rankings? Is he, is he still top 10? Are you still worried about this, this contract situation where you have him uh, in comparison to everybody else? Yeah. You know, I always update my dynasty rankings on Wednesday and uh, he is going to the moon uh, for me. Um, All right. I am moving him up above JT, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, and CEH in the top seven this week. He just cannot be stopped. Everyone keeps waiting for this regression, and it hasn't happened. You know, the Packers look amazing. It doesn't look like they're going to be slowing down at all. And he is still a huge part of this offense, especially with the injuries at wide receiver. I mean, he's utilized just as much in the passing game as uh, their second and third string wide receivers. Uh, he's he's good, and, and I'm not going to deny that anymore. So in week – after week one or week two, was it, Ravi, uh, when we said, okay, what was our take? And I said, guess what? Aaron Jones is still good at football. His yep. death was grossly overstated. Yep. A.J. Dillon. I think I sent something out before the games this week, and I said, remember when A.J. Dillon took uh, Aaron Jones's job? That was fun. It wasn't and even then, A.J. Dillon. It was his thighs that took yes, the job, right? <laughs> that, that was it. It's just, you know, thunder thighs over there just taking the job. Guess what? No. Uh, I have Aaron Jones at nine. I'm not putting him above JTCH or Miles or Dalvin, that group, mainly because of stability. That's it. If he signs an extension tomorrow, I might jump him above some of those guys just because of his production and youth. Um, you said it, <laughs> CJ. He's better than their wide receiver, too and three. He is their second wide receiving option, which is insanity. And then it's funny because you have players in dynasty where they'll always, you know, outpace their value or production. So you have to find that those guys that do that. And Aaron Jones is one of those guys who doesn't get the respect he deserves. So if you're a win now team, you can trade Aaron Jones for, you know, Dalvin or miles. And Aaron Jones is going to do better than, you know, miles or Dalvin possibly this year just because of the situation you don't know the years going forward because of the contract but if he signs an extension uh, he could be top five if he signs an extension by the way jamal williams needs to go away he's killing me smalls but uh, you just (laughs) you watch him and aaron jones is a monster and he just doesn't get any respect maybe aaron jones needs to leave so jamal williams can live because (laughs) Man, they just keep on rolling him out, man, and he keeps on getting these catches. Oh, man. So we can't get into Jamal Williams because that, that'll open a whole nother can of worms. So, so it was actually pretty funny. We were watching the game last night, and I'm talking to DHH Tim, Tim Keller from Dynasty Happy Hour, and he goes, yo, what's going on with Aaron Jones? I'm at work. Is he hurt? I'm like, no, he must have banged somebody's wife. He hasn't been in for like three series. I have no idea what's going on, but don't worry you'll still win. He needed two fantasy points. He wound up winning, but I was just like, it'll be okay, Tim. That's what they do. It's actually crazy. Matt LaFleur doing Matt LaFleur things. So moving over to, to CJ and my guy, it's Ronald Jones. And I think this is a moment that we've been waiting for a long time. Uh, Ronald Jones goes off 20 carries, 111 yards. He had six receptions. You know, the efficiency wasn't quite there. He had some drops, so we won't we won't talk about that quite as much. But, you know, he was involved in the passing game, you know, nine targets there. It's such a weird year with Ronald Jones because they bring in LaShawn McCoy, they bring in Leonard Fournette, and then they also draft uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. And so you're like, short-term, can you trust him with these other guys in there? Then long-term, when they bring in a rookie, can you trust him there? You know, CJ, I, I, I'm still you know firmly on the Rojo train, but I know I've had to back off a little bit just because I know the workload might not be there 
but now it was there in in week four. Is this doing anything for you? What where where do you have him? I guess just in in terms of dynasty, kind of going forward. Are you are you worried about Leonard Fournette and Lashawn McCoy? You know, going forward. Man, Rojo has been like a soap opera for me, um, just up and down all around. Uh, it's been tough. The Fournette signing definitely hurt a little bit, but uh, you know, now it kind of looks like it might not affect it all that much. Um, I'm still hanging in there. I don't care what anybody says. He's a great talent. He's finally going to be a USC running back that produces. Um, you know, Bruce Arians has a history of producing running backs. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette, uh, uh, yeah, he had that big game, but I just don't see him being consistent with that team. Um, I really like Rojo, and I think I'm going to stay on the on the Rojo truther train. Yeah, before you jump in here, Tom, because I know you maybe have a similar or, or different opinion here, but I think other than Leonard Fournette's big breakaway run at the end of week three, week two, week two, right? Uh, he had the big breakaway run to kind of seal the game. He honestly has not looked that good. Leonard Fournette's efficiency wasn't always that great in Jacksonville. I don't think it's looked very good here just as a runner. And this is not even a, a pro Rojo thing. This is just, I don't think Leonard Fournette looks like he's that great of a runner. He's a bruiser. He can get you like three yards. He almost like is a, a, a Gus Edwards with a, just a bigger name cash, you know, first round draft pick. But he honestly just kind of looks like a guy that's just going to, you know, run forward, get three yards. Um, and he can break one, obviously, and he had some good speed there. But I, I, I honestly think that Rojo has looked every bit as good of a runner as Leonard Fournette, if not better. So I'm more on Rojo is the 1A, Leonard Fournette is the 1B. So it has suppressed his value. But I, most people thought Leonard Fournette's just taking this job, and I don't think that's quite the case. Tom, is that what you think, or are you on the other side? So I don't think they're – He's just going to, Fournette's going to take his job. And it's the same stance I had before. They're just going to cannibalize each other to make each other like not efficient enough to actually, you know, be worth starting as an RB2. Maybe a flex option if you don't have a lot after that. But the reason I liked Rojo coming out was his explosiveness. Longest carry of the year is 24 yards. Last year, he didn't show me anything. He's turned into just a volume back. And that is scary when. You just brought it up. Leonard Fournette is a volume back. So they have two volume backs and Keyshawn Vaughn, who was a volume back. <laughs> so they tried to replace Rojo twice. He he just, He's not dying, obviously, but that his upside is so limited, I, I don't really love it. And then Vaughn gets himself a TD, and he's worth every single penny that you paid for him in that auction, baby, Robbie. Yeah, bar tab league. Uh, shout out to all the bar tab members who who tune into this because they know I have been, man, I've been eating a lot of crow. Three hundred twenty nine dollars is is I think it was like the one hundred eight, uh, one hundred nine in price in there. One Keyshawn Vaughn was really pumped about it. You know, as a Rojo guy, I still like Keyshawn Vaughn's talent as well, and I figured eventually one of those guys is going to have the Bucks backfield. So I'm hoping. Leonard Fournette gets kicked aside next year. LaShawn McCoy right off in the sunset. And, and maybe we can get back to, to two productive backs there. So, and, and then the last thing is, is this not just the most Tom Brady backfield like ever? Like, are we, are we surprised that there's just going to be three running backs out there that you have no idea which one to pick if they're all healthy? We shouldn't be. Right. No, that is completely true. Playing with the, the Patriots backfield is always a guessing game. It might be happening here. Uh, once Leonard Fournette is healthy again, 
guys, we have to talk about DJ Moore. Like the, the world is blowing up. DJ Moore is done. He's no longer the wide receiver one in the Panthers offense. Robbie Anderson is all the rage right now. Obviously, Robbie Anderson has had more targets. That is true. He has had more touchdowns. DJ Moore is still looking for the end zone. And, and, and Tom, you and I talked about this uh, when we did our Kenny Galladay versus DJ Moore uh, discussion way back uh, early in this offseason. DJ Moore's strength is not going to be from touchdown. It's going to be from volume. And he has been getting that volume, just Robbie Anderson's been getting him more. You know, CJ, how do you view this situation? Are you panicking on DJ Moore? Are you trying to buy low? Uh, are, are you trying to sell Robbie Anderson? What's your What's your feel for this situation? Yeah, I am definitely not afraid of DJ Moore at all. Um, I can't believe that people are, are feeling this way about him. Uh, he is an incredible young talent. Uh, he's a great route runner. He has everything. Teddy Two Gloves, uh, you know, definitely hurts because he's not the greatest quarterback. I mean, he he maybe he was, you know, in 2015 with the Vikings, but now not so much. Um, Robbie Anderson, you know, he had a couple big games with the Jets. Uh, I don't know if he's the guy that I want going forward. Um, I really think DJ Moore is is going to be just fine. Uh, once once that Panthers offense, like like Tom said, Matt Rule is an amazing offensive coach, and once he figures it all out, this is going to be a nonstop force, especially with C Mac uh, on the field. You know, people don't realize how much that offense changes when guys like that go out. You know, and uh, you know, instead of having a spy on C Mac, now you can, you know, put more people in the box to stop a lot of those crossing routes and everything that DJ Moore eats up. So, and they've been forgetting about Mike Davis, who's just been racking in the receptions, uh, has been utilized quite a bit in that passing game. So, that's a, an attribute to what you're saying, Tom. You got a feel for this, yeah. So, main thing is Robbie Anderson is a very good wide receiver. Uh, I don't think we can just say Robbie Anderson isn't that good and DJ Moore will is so much better. Robbie Anderson's very good. He's been good forever on just a trash team in the Jets, uh, which is why he's so undervalued. So he's, he's definitely a buy, but DJ Moore is still the wide receiver to own here. Let's not forget that DJ Moore is what, you know, he's still a top 12, 15 wide receiver easily for me. And you talk about Matt rule. Let's talk about Joe Brady for a second. Joe Brady's at LSU. What does he do with Justin Jefferson? He's just got to get a quarterback who likes throwing to good wide receivers. Um, <laughs> I know it's silly, but Teddy, he always seems to take the dump. Um, I'm actually surprised that he's favoring Robbie Anderson over DJ Moore. So I think a lot of it does have to do with, with CMC and how they're just crashing down on the box and saying, okay, um, you're not going to beat us across the middle of the field. And same thing with Mike Davis. He's getting dumps off out, dump offs out to the side. Uh, I mean, I don't have his numbers up in front of me, but I looked at it. Most of his receptions are off to the side. It, he's not getting, you know, anything else across the middle. It's not like a wheel or anything. So it's still DJ Moore. I still love DJ Moore, but right now, you know, <laughs> I think you win that argument, Kenny Galladay versus DJ Moore at the exact moment, Robbie. I like to hear that. I like to hear that a lot. Hopefully I get to continue to hear things like that, Tom. Um, kind of looking at the rookies because we, we we saw week two, we had some rookies pop. Week three, we had a lot of rookies pop. You know, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins. You know, we've seen a little bit from LaVisca and, and you know, Chase Claypool has had uh, a couple flashes here and there. So I'm going to quickly read through the September wide receiver rookie ADP, and then I want to hear your guys' biggest riser and maybe a faller for each of you. 
So C.D. Lamb was number one. All Jerry Judy was wide receiver 38 overall. He comes at number two. Jalen Rager obviously has been injured. Justin Jefferson so far this season's wide receiver 21. And then Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Michael Pittman at seven. LaVishka Chenault at number eight. T. Higgins at nine. Brandon Ayuk at 10. Denzel Mims. And then Chase Claypool kind of rounds up the top 12. So, CJ, of all those guys, like, has there been a guy that's moved a lot and kind of hopped some names? Or maybe even if you're picking a top guy, it's just separated from the rest of the group for you. And on the flip side, who's been a faller? Yeah, I think uh, T. Higgins is going to be my biggest riser on that list. Uh, you know, my my hot take on uh, our nuts on the table was that Brian Edwards was going to be the rookie wide receiver one. Uh, doesn't look so good so far, but it's only been a month. <laughs> Um, you know, but honestly on that, on that list, five of those guys are hurt. Um, I'm keeping CD, uh, up top. I'm moving Jefferson, uh, up to two. Uh, and then I've got Rager and Judy and, and really why I'm putting Judy at four there is because Cortland Sutton has been hurt and he hasn't been playing. Um, so I, I think also there with Michael Pittman rivers, uh, man, I know what he did with KA and I won't say anything bad about KA anymore. Um, but, uh, with Paris Campbell going down, TY hasn't really done a whole lot this year. You know, Pittman could be, could be a mover potentially, uh, or could have been, um, but yeah, I'm taking T Higgins all day. Uh, I was all on the Auden Tate timetable, but, uh, doesn't seem to be working out so far for him. Uh, AJ Green actually has been relatively decent, but T Higgins, uh, has definitely shown some flashes. Yeah, I, I was a big T. Higgins guy throughout the draft process. You know, people were kind of sour on him just because he didn't work out at the combine. He kind of, you know, stayed out of that. And so he got pushed down, I think, in both our fantasy drafts and then maybe in the actual NFL draft. He was an early round two pick. And, and I think he had a round one grade kind of before the combine. So that is a guy I have a lot of shares of. And it's great to see him popping so early, kind of almost taking over the A.J. Green role. Uh, before our very eyes this early in the year. Tom, who is someone that you think has separated or at least jumped up in, in this rankings? And then on the flip side, someone who's dropped a little bit. So before you get to that, uh, I, you and I had a T, the T Higgins debate as well. And T Higgins literally came into Philly and smited me. And I was not happy about it. <laughs> gets, him, gets him a damn tie. Um, so not – He's not moving up for me, but he's moving up for everybody else. LaVisca Chenault. I think a lot of people were concerned about the usage and how they were going to use him. You know, I heard people saying that they were scared that he was going to get used like a, just like a gadget guy, like a Cordell Pat Patterson when he was younger. That was like a common theme amongst people. Chenault is a very good player, and he's being used correctly. He's getting a couple carries here and there, but guess what? He's a receiver, guys. Um and he's really good. So I like him. He's up to wide receiver five for me. Um, Ayuk's to six. Moving down the most would probably be uh, – I don't know. Got to be one of the Oakland guys, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we haven't really seen anything from either of them. You know, Henry Ruggs was a, a first-round pick that had a lot of questions. People were really split on whether they either liked him or you hated him. I feel like he has to be a guy that's fallen for most people. Yeah, I mean, I have Edwards under rugs at the moment, so I'll say Brian Edwards mainly because, you know, the truthers out there, that that's what, you know, we're, we're going to call them because that's what they were. They was just like, Brian Edwards will be the wide receiver one. I think one <laughs> of them's on the podcast with us right now. <laughs> that and I actually – Look, somebody else has biceps too, baby. How do you <laughs> like show, baby? 
Um, but that's it's just weird. It, it's tough to come in as a rookie wide receiver and then dominate the volume. And, and Robbie, when you did your projections at the beginning of the season, they were dead on. I mean, we had no idea who was going to get the, the targets there. And the big thing was we thought Hunter Renfro was the safest wide receiver there and Waller was going to eat. We had no idea about the rookie wide receivers and what they were going to get. So until that kind of stabilizes a little bit, you can't trust either one of them. So th- honestly, they're both my biggest fallers. Yeah, I believe we call Brian Edwards truther the Kutzers, the Kutzer Club. Uh, <laughs> there was nobody hyping Brian Edwards earlier and, and longer than, than Cody Kutzer. So I think he is hoping that he makes a speedy recovery to salvage some of that uh, missing time. But again, this is Dynasty. These guys sometimes take time. So as a Rojo fan, I, I do understand the waiting game. Going you know, on year six. Also with uh, LaVisca, you know, um, a lot of these other guys, you know, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, um, you know, they had other wide receivers on their teams in college that, you know, kind of took some spotlight away. Uh, you know, Chanel, I watched a few of the Colorado games, and everybody, when he was on the field, the whole defense knew it. They shifted to wherever he was. He's a dynamic player when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, and I think, you know, with the emergence of James Robinson, I think it actually hurt Chenault a little bit because I think he could have picked up a lot of that volume when uh, they got rid of Fournette. But, yeah, Chenault, he'll definitely be uh, good. You know, DJ Shark is right now my guy to own on that team. Um, but I think he's already supplanted D.D. Westbrook uh, on, on that depth chart. Yeah, I think oh. he's definitely the wide receiver too out there. And I'll tell you what, the new quarterback and whoever they get, whoever they draft next year, He's going to have a ton of weapons because they actually have a lot of offensive talent out there. Yeah, guys, D.D. Westbrook has been a healthy scratch for almost every single week except for one where D.J. Chark was inactive. So I think it's more of a a Keelan Cole, you know, shout out to Kevin Steele, hyping up Keelan Cole all offseason. We're all laughing at him. Keelan Cole's a little bit of a thing. So, yeah, I do think LaVishka Chanel is that wide receiver, too, uh, to look at for the future. Guys, we're going to wrap it up with the tight end landscape. You know, after that that top five, it always is a slew of guys. I mean, you could talk about anybody from tight end six to 16, and they're always, you know, you could place any of them anywhere. And I think it's really interesting because we have Kelsey, who's 31, Ertz, who's 29, Waller, who's 28, then Jared Cook, who's 33. But then all the rest of the top 20 tight ends are all younger, 27 years or younger. So I think there's a lot of potential growth for these guys as maybe some of these older guys fade out. Who can jump up into that top five? We, we briefly touched on it earlier with some of your guys' tight end talk with maybe Ertz also falling out of the top five. But, you know, CJ, who's a guy that if you said, you know, by the end of this year, I think this guy's going to be in the top five for tight end rankings as we go to 2021, who would the, who would be that guy? Yeah, I mean, uh, on that list that you had mentioned, uh, you know, George Kittle, uh, Mark Andrews, um, they're there. Uh, sleeper-wise for me, um, I'm going John U. Uh, you know, it kind of sucks that they had COVID and apparently nobody in Nashville can wear masks, but uh, John U is the guy, you know, I profiled him several times for the fantasy authority. Uh, he is definitely just that freakish type athlete uh, who can do absolutely everything. Um, you know, I also did a video with uh, also TFA uh, Jeremiah Stewart, uh, where I chose Evan Ingram and he had uh, Waller and it uh, looks like I'm definitely losing that side right now as, as I had Ingram, but you know, of that crop of 2017 tight ends with John U, OJ Howard, um, you know, and Ingram, um, I'm definitely going with John U. Tom, who do you got? 
Yeah, so I'm still going to wind up sticking with my guys Hawk and uh, and Gusecki. Uh, I, I don't think Ertz is in there. I think Waller has taken that top four spot away from him with, you know, you still have, you have Kelsey, you have Andrews, you have Kittle, and then I think you have Waller. I think Ertz is the one that falls out. I, Waller just gets too much volume to, to not be in that, that top four spot. So I could see Janu, Gusecki, Hawk, but tell you what, Mo Alley Cox is coming on pretty strong here, Robbie. And I know you love him, and you know a lot more than about Mo Alley Cox than me. Because you, oh, we got to get him for, for, for Scott Fishbowl. We got to get him. We got to get him. We got to get him. I'm like, hold up, Mo Alley. <laughs> Trey Burton was the guy that I wanted on the Colts uh, early on, and then well, he, shit, the only time he can do anything right is throw passes against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So, I mean. Mother, <laughs> you can say fuck. Go ahead. No, I'll punch you in the face next time I see you. All right, good. That's I, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, Robbie, you want to hype Mo Alley up a little bit? No, I can't quite do that. I think there's <laughs> there's too many guys. I mean, he got one reception. It was a touchdown, so we're pumped to see that for our Scott Fishbowl team because we're just we're just trying to find anybody for tight end. Why didn't we pick up Big Bob Tanyan? That would have been the play. We missed out on him. He, I am going to – I can't take the victory lap because his name isn't Blake Jarwin, but I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboy tight end victory lap right now because through four weeks, Dalton Schultz is the tight end six right now, and this is exactly what I envisioned for Blake Jarwin, just targets on targets on targets. They can't guard everybody at once. Now, I didn't think that the defense was going to be quite this bad, but I had noted multiple times that the Cowboys defense, especially their secondary, got worse. Mike McCarthy comes in. They bring in pass catchers. They're going to pass more. And so – Dalton Schultz, by the end of the season, I think will end up being a top five tight end. But with Blake Jarwin coming back, I don't know where that kind of moves dynasty-wise. They'll probably it'll keep Dalton Schultz a little bit lower because we we will see Blake Jarwin back in the mix. But I do think that's a guy that you, you run him this year and then see if you can move him potentially uh, because I do think he continues this run. Well, I, I was going to give you a layup and say Dalton Schultz. But at the same time, I wanted to make you work for it a little bit. That was a good job hyping him up. He has looked very good. Um, and here's the other thing. Dak Prescott needs to average 276 yards a game, and he'll have 5,000 yards passing. That seems like cake. Currently, uh, here's some fun facts. He is on pace for 800 attempts this year. Amari Cooper is on pace for 200 targets. Yeah, man, they are just absolutely <laughs> – And you know, you, you'd say that eventually they have to stop playing from behind and having Dak, you know, air it out to catch up. But honestly, man, when you look at their schedule, there's a ton of, of games I can see them being behind and having to play catch up. So maybe if they stop fumbling so, so much, like, gosh, man, if they would quit fumbling, maybe we could be two and two for God's sakes. But yeah, it's has not been pretty. See, I think sorry. Dalton Peltz is the perfect guy for you to let his value build up right now. And then, for those win now teams later in the year, freaking sell his ass before Jarwin comes back. Cause I think your analysis this offseason on Jarwin was absolutely right. Yeah, man, I completely agree with that. I think that is a guy that let him keep, keep eating, showing that he's going to be a constant uh, person in this offense. And then you're absolutely right. If you're not in a win, if you're a win now team, I think he's absolutely great for this year, but if not sell him, I, I think people, if they need a tight end, will will pay a, a second. Maybe you can get a, a couple picks there. I don't think anyone will quite do a first, but you can definitely get something back for him for sure. Guys, what else do we have? Is that it? Are we, are we all done? Anything else? No, I appreciate yeah. you guys finally letting me into your little crew here. 
man, you joined the club. We, we got you in. I'm sorry it took so long. You know, Tom and I were working on our vibe in. We started off button heads basically on every single take. We played nice for a little bit. Now his Eagles are starting to win. My Cowboys are continuing to lose. We're going to start button heads again. So we, we basically have at TFA, uh, the Fantasy Authority, we have a ton of content coming out for DFS, for Dynasty, for your redraft absolutely everything that you need for, for your fantasy season. Make sure you're checking out all that content at the, the fantasyauthority.com. We have the YouTube page going, tons of videos. CJ's doing them. Tom's doing his, his prop bets. So make sure you follow us at FF underscore authority. Guys, that's all I've got. So until next week, see ya.